You know, an ongoing debate in my house is between me and my son about who the greatest basketball player of all time is. He thinks it's LeBron James. I think he's wrong. <laughs> I actually got an amen for that. Awesome. <laughs> there, there is only one who is the greatest in my mind, and that's Michael Jordan. And I don't know that anyone could ever talk me out of that or convince me otherwise. There is only one. But the thing is, as, as amazing as Michael Jordan was, he didn't do it by himself. You see, to really succeed in this life, you need a good Scottie Pippen on your team. <laughs> you you got to have teammates, partners working with you. And if you really want to succeed in this life, so much more can be accomplished with others. It's true in our spiritual life as well, you know, that you can grow on your own to a certain extent. But if you really want to mature in your spiritual life, you need to find other fellow believers, like-minded, who, who can encourage you, who can motivate you, who can support you, who can laugh with you, who can cry with you, who can live life with you. You see, we all need one another. I need you, you need me, we need one another. And it's an amazing thing that we have within the body of Christ. So, so what does it look like when people are partnering well one with another? We're going to spend a couple of weeks looking at the letter of Philippians. It's a, it's a short letter, but it's a powerful letter. Because it's a letter filled with joy, filled with encouragement, filled with just goodness. And what we're going to see today is how awesome, how awesome it was for the Apostle Paul and the church in Philippi to have this very special connection one with another. But you know where the church in Philippi starts, right? It, well, it starts in Philippi, I guess you could say. But if you go back to Acts chapter 16... In Acts chapter 16, we actually see the, the beginning of the church here in Philippi. And we read about it beginning in verse 12. It says, From there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony, we re remained in the city some days. And on the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate to the riverside. While we supposed there was a place to pray, we sat down and spoke to the women who had come together. One who heard us was a woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple goods, who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to pay attention to what was said by Paul, and after she was baptized and her household as well, she urged us, saying, If you've judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. So here's Lydia, a worshiper of God. She has her own faith, but she hears the gospel. And as she hears the gospel, she obeys the gospel of Christ and is baptized for the forgiveness of her sins. But not just her. Her whole household obeys the gospel. I mean, man, that must have really been a very powerful day, an encouraging day for all of those who were present to be able to witness that. And what is it that she does as soon as she obeys the gospel? She says, Paul, I want you to come over to my house. And why does she want him to come over? 
She wants him to come over because she really wants to partner with him in this ongoing work of the Lord that he's on mission doing. She opened up her home to him. She showed hospitality. Hospitality is a precious thing. It's an amazing thing when people can come together and they can meet in someone's home and they can share a meal and they can engage in meaningful conversation and that is something that my heart has really missed over the last 18 months or more. Being able to be in one another's homes and enjoying those moments of, of fellowship together. And I, and I look forward to that again, hopefully sooner than later. Because hospitality is an amazing virtue. It's an amazing blessing that allows us to be able to really grow in our relationships with one another and ultimately our relationship with God. From there the church at Philippi began. This Philippian church that we, we read this letter about. And they had a special partnership with Paul that exists from this moment forward. Uh, listen to how Paul would describe it in Philippians chapter 1, beginning in verse 3. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you, all making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the Gospel from the first day until now. What was that first day? That first day when I was with you and Lydia obeyed the Gospel and her whole household and we were all there in Philippi by the riverside, by that, from that first day forward, man, I have really thanked God for you. Because you have brought me so much joy. And where is it that Paul is writing these words, by the way? From his house? From some warm church office somewhere? Drinking a cup of coffee? Just got finished reading Google News. No, he's in prison. And, and he's in prison, probably chained to a Roman guard 24 hours a day. And he's experiencing conditions, hopefully unlike anything any of us have or will ever experience. You know, the, the prison system that Paul was a part of was a whole lot different than our prison system. Because basically, when you were in prison in Paul's day, the prison had one responsibility, to keep you in prison. <laughs> and that was it. It was not their responsibility to take care of you, to feed you, to keep you alive. That was the responsibility of outside people. So it was, there was a responsibility for people, family, friends, to provide food, to provide basic needs of prisoners, to just keep them healthy and well. The church at Philippi, they really took it upon themselves to make sure that the Apostle Paul was taken care of. They, they really did all that they could to help meet his needs and provide for him while he was incarcerated. He would write later on in the same letter beginning in chapter 14 and verse 14, it was kind of you to share my trouble. And you Philippians yourself know that in the beginning of the Gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except only you. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. So they, they gave of themselves on more than one occasion to help meet Paul's needs, to take care of him, to support him, to encourage him as he was continuing to spread the Gospel. They were in a partnership with each other. And that's awesome that the, the church in Philippi obviously had this this sacrificial giving spirit about them. Beautiful thing. But you know the thing about relationships? They're not one way, are they? 
for a good relationship, it's got to be a two-way street. So what did Paul bring to the table? Well, what did Paul offer them to be such good partners with them? Well, the first thing is he left absolutely no doubt in their mind how he felt about them. If you pick up reading in verse 6 of chapter 1, he says, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all, because I hold you in my heart, for you're all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. I love you. I absolutely love you. The Apostle Paul is pouring out his heart here, isn't he? He's saying, I love you. I pray for you. When when you're on my mind, it just, again, it brings me joy. Can you think for a moment? Go back in your mind's eye with me. Many, many years. Long before any of us were ever even thought of. Can you imagine the very first time there in the assembly in Philippi, Lydia, her household, other believers, they're gathered together on maybe on a Sunday morning just like today. And maybe someone stood up in the assembly and said, guys, hey, we got a letter from Paul this week. I, you're not going to believe it. You've got to hear what he says. Yeah, just, just sit back and listen. Can you imagine that the first time somebody stood up and they, and they unscrolled this letter and they began to read and to hear these heartfelt words of the Apostle Paul for the very first time? Can you imagine how many times they probably reread it? Oh man, go back and read that part again. I really like hearing that part. I'd imagine that day that there were, there were a lot of teary eyes. There were a lot of big smiles. There were a lot of hearts that were encouraged because they knew. They knew how much they loved the Apostle Paul. And the Apostle Paul made it perfectly clear how much he loved them. And that reciprocal relationship of loving one another served as such a great source of, of encouragement and strength. But unfortunately for us, <clears throat> what can happen sometimes over the course of time, that, that kind of uh, positive, thought-out communication, it gets lost. We just don't do it anymore. And it's not that we make a conscious choice not to. We just start taking each other for granted. We get comfortable in our relationships in this life. We start to assume, well, they know I feel how I feel about them. I, I shouldn't have to tell them. And, and you know what happens in any partnership? Whenever one partner begins to feel they're not wanted or not appreciated, man, the relationship really starts to take a, a pretty serious hit. It doesn't have to happen that way. 
So, so if we want to be good partners, whether it be to our, our fellow Christians or to our spouse or to our children or to the people we work with or go to school with, don't ever stop letting them know how much you appreciate them. Don't ever stop letting them know how much you love them. Don't ever stop letting them know how you feel about them. It'll mean a lot to you and it'll mean a lot to them as well. The Apostle Paul also spent a whole lot of time praying for the church. You go down to verse 9, he says, It's my prayer, your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent. And so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and the praise of God. What's he praying for? He's praying that they would grow spiritually. His heart's desire, even though he can't be with them in person, even though he is miles away from them, even though he certainly did not have access to instant communication the way you and I do through, through cell phones, and, and he would have had to sit down and write out this long letter, you know, we used to call it snail mail, and, and actually have it hand-delivered to the church in Philippi. <laughs> Even though he was so far away from them, he wanted them to know how much he loved them. And that, that his chief concern, what was the most important thing to him, was their spiritual well-being. My prayer is that you're living how God wants you to live. My prayer is that you're living a righteous life. That is, that you're doing good and that you're avoiding that which is evil. My prayer is that you're growing in the knowledge of God. That is, you're growing in your understanding of who He is and what His will for you is so that you know how to live your life. And so that the fruits of the Spirit, they can become more and more evident in your life as you continue to grow and mature. That's what the Apostle Paul, that's what he wanted more than anything else for the church there in Philippi to grow. You know, living a spiritually mature life, it's not always easy, is it? We all struggle with it on days. There are probably days, there are probably days we do okay. We live a pretty, pretty good life. We would feel pretty comfortable pillowing our head at night. Going, you know what? Today was alright. <laughs> but then there are other days, if we're perfectly honest, we act like two-year-olds. Not spiritually mature Christians. We act like two-year-olds who think that the whole world revolves around us. And it's all about what I want and not what anybody else needs. It's all about what makes me happy, not about what I can do for others. It's all about how can you serve me, give me, do for me, and not what can I do for you. Probably we all have a lot more of those days than we want to admit. <laughs> and on those days, when we, it is a big swing and a miss as far as our own spiritual maturity. You know what we need? We need to know that we have one another's prayers. 
we need to know that, that in spite of our own shortcomings, that there are those that we're partnered with in Christ who are still praying for us. They're, they're praying for us to continue in the faith. They're praying for us to, to remain strong, not because of our own strength, but remain strong even in our weakness through the power of God. And they're, they're praying that we will continue to, to grow and to seek and to search. That we will continue to allow God to mold us and to shape us. That, that we won't quit. That we won't walk away from the faith. That we will strive to be who God has called us to be. On those days, and I know we have a lot of those days, when we aren't who we're supposed to be, don't we need one another's prayers? Don't we need to know that others are praying that in spite of our shortcomings, that we'll still continue to strive to be one with God? that we'll still continue to know His His grace and His mercy. We'll know His forgiveness. But we'll still walk in the light. We'll still live a life ready to meet God. Even on days when we may not think we are. It's a wonderful blessing to be partnered it's an amazing blessing to know that you are surrounded in family, in community, with other children of God's. And that we're all a part of the same life. We're all going through similar struggles. We've all got the same end goal. An eternal one. Just in case you weren't sure, <laughs> that's our end goal. We all want to be together in heaven one day. That's what we live for. Maybe you're with us today. Maybe there's something that's not just as it should be in your life. I don't know what it is. You do. And more importantly, God does. Maybe there's something that you would like for us, your church family, to pray with you publicly about today. We'd be honored to. Or, or maybe it's something that you just don't feel very comfortable sharing publicly, but you'd like for our shepherds to be praying with you about it. Reach out to them. Let them know. Let them know how they can be praying for you. Allow them to shepherd the flock. Or maybe you've never obeyed the Gospel of Christ. You know, that's how you enter into this sweet communion that we have one with another. That's how you enter into this partnership. In the same way that Lydia did all those many, many years ago, you too can obey the Gospel of Christ today and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. And you can come up out of that watery grave of baptism knowing that the blood of Jesus has cleansed you, has forgiven you, has made you whole. And now He has added you to the body of Christ. He has made you a part of a partnership here on this earth that will bless you Oh, that will bless you in ways beyond your wildest dreams. May we always be a part of this partnership. Praying for one another. Meeting one another's needs. Encouraging one another. Not being afraid to say, I love you. And you mean so much to me.
when I think of you, I smile. That would be quite a legacy for all of us to have, by the way. Because if we're real, there's some people we think of, we probably all don't automatically smile. All right, so you don't want to be one of those folks. You want to be living your life in such a way that when other people think about you, man, you just make me smile. You just bring joy to me. I'm just thankful I know you. We can help you today in this or any way. Won't you come as we stand and sing?